Can I just say, for the record, that Ryan King is not sorry he did it. Ryan King is only sorry he got caught. Welcome to episode 130 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighbourhood host, Mr. Andre Harrison, and thank you for joining us here. Um, King, what have you got to say for yourself, and why did you suddenly turn Irish? Whoa, whoa, calm down. I'm pretty sure you also enjoy OSW Review, and luckily enough, I do not choose to be Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you are half right that yes, I do enjoy OSW Review as much as the next man, but at the same token, I didn't have sandpaper in my crotch. Um, (laughs) It's an improvement, right? Uh, Like... (laughs) As I, I, I mentioned this like um, on on Twitter last week, but like one of Australia's national newspapers going with the headline of "There's a bit of sticky on my wiki" was um, absolutely genius and the greatest newspaper headline I have ever seen. Um, so props to the Australians for being able to effectively roast their own cricket team far better than anything I could come out with. Um, so Ryan's here. Zoe Hamilton is here. Hello, Zoe. Yes, actually playing the super sub role for once. Yes, yes, uh, unfortunately, because RJ O'Connell is uh, at the doctor's right now, having a stitch yanked out. Good luck, RJ. Um, see you on next week when you take you off injured reserve. Um, and finally, Chris is here again. Hello, Chris. Hey, everyone. This is going to be a fun, fun week coming up. Can't wait to see how it's all going to turn out. Yep, God, big week of sport ahead, especially in motorsport. We have Formula One in Bahrain, MotoGP at Argentina this weekend. Um, IndyCar um, and the short oval debut of the of the new Universal Era kit in Phoenix. Um, I'm not calling it the ISM Raceway. I don't care what anyone tells me. It's Phoenix, goddammit. Um, and if you're into other sports, hey, it's the Masters this weekend. So, uh, King, how's that uh, Tiger Woods hype train looking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope he makes the cut. I hope he makes the cut. That would make it. Uh, that would make it more fun, definitely. I also love the Chris and I just could. I just put Dre, pick up your honorary American passport. Yes, I've been waiting years to get one of those. No, <laughs> no, I've been denied him all these times. <laughs> Says the actual American. Also, I, I, I'm annoyed that Zoe is distracting me by putting pictures of Danica Patrick in the Discord chat. Like, Zoe, stop, stop. You, it's 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 not fair, okay? I've got to concentrate. I have a show to record, <laughs> damn it. concentrate. <laughs> I've got to but, concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Concentrate on the right things. That like, Clearly, clearly, and Danica is not that. Um, <laughs> but hey, she's back in the Go Daddy Green, which is, you know, yay. Nice for everybody, you know, yay. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing that happened. As you can see, the, the, Danica, fa- the Danica fan club is alive and well on this podcast. Clearly, um, <laughs> did you see April Fools on IndyCar Reddit? I did oh not. No. God, no, you don't. You don't need to go to IndyCar Reddit, Dre. You don't. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've been delayed enough recording this show. I'm not going on the IndyCar subreddit. Like. Even though they apparently seem to quite like us quite a lot, which is nice to know. So, uh, hi, IndyCar subreddit. Keep listening. Thumbs up from me. You guys are good. I'm not here to break any bridges this this week, yeah, okay? We're, we're, we're not here for your new favorite driver subreddit. <laughs> new favorite driver? 
Okay, <laughs> if you insist, King. Um, let's get some general housekeeping out of the way on this one. Uh, places you can find us are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, new videos out there, Dream Before IndyCar. There'll be another one later this week. It might even be up by the time this show goes out. I'll be talking a little bit more about Formula 1 in general later this week. That is at least just the tentative plan anyway. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Um, our, our personal handles are at Harrison101HD, at WeZoe, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, and at C Dehardé. And if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Big shout outs because we have two new Patreon backers this week. One of them is an old friend of ours. The guy that runs the unofficial Motorsport 101 fan page on Instagram, Brian Glennon, is a $10 backer. Thanks a lot, Brian. Much appreciated, sir. Um, and shout out as well to Lee Dowling for being a new backer as well. Thanks a lot, you guys, for supporting the show. Much appreciated indeed. Don't forget that uh, $5 gets you early access to, to both this show and Bike Live, which will be back later this week, reviewing the first round of the British Superbike Championship at Donington Park. And uh, holy shit, Bradley Ray won both races. Um, good lord, that's a shocker. Um, BSB continuing to throw up some interesting surprises, to say the least. Um, so that'll be a fun time. Me and Lewis Sideby check that out later this week. And 10 bucks gets you access to our Discord server, so you can listen to this show live as it happens, which, trust me, is more entertaining than you think. Um, <laughs> less I say about that, the better. Oh god! Oh god! Like I, I don't even have hair left on my head anymore. It's that, that, that's how crazy it was. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. And wait, there's no actual motorsport this past weekend to really talk about massively that much. Crap. Um, okay, we'll figure something out after this musical interlude. Just, just trust me on this. Okay. Oof. Okay, let's scour the interwebs of Autosport and Motorsport.com. Oh, wait, both headlines are exactly the same. That doesn't exactly help. <laughs> Crap. Um, You're noticing this uh, now? <laughs> it's like they've got the same owner or something. God. Um, but you can oh. get three months free prime with, with Motorsport.com thanks to Alonso. It's almost like his boss runs them or something. <laughs> Just don't tell the plebs. They might they might not actually start liking Alonso again. Um, <laughs> anywho, oh, this is a big one. Um, this actually dropped this this morning. This this uh, news broke up again. I think AMS were the first guys to report it in, in Germany. Apparently, and this is how you know we're in post Australia F1 media mode because we're always bringing up something to change a race weekend format. This is always that sort of time, isn't that right, King? You can tick it off in your F1 bingo box for the year. Like, formats to race weekend sometime after the opening round. Um, and it's happened again. <laughs> this time, the talk of F1 bosses basically deliberating the idea of a qualifying race on Saturday morning to help determine the grid. <sighs> it's like, guys, we're doing this again? <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it's most of the time, at least in my humble opinion, it's like 
you'll get at least two stories a year about changing the race weekend format because like F1's boss has always been kind of keen to open that possibility and uh, here we are again King um, are we any closer this time? <laughs> uh, no like like even if they did do it like nothing would change which is kind of the point of why they want to do it yeah it's, it's like I'm going to dig up Will Buxton's tweets regarding this this morning because I was on the way to work like the day job this morning so I, I leave my house at about quarter to seven in the morning and then about an hour later Buxton chimed in with a thread about about this news from AMS saying the Meat Co Accord getting another hearing don't know the truth to this but I've always argued I like it and don't anybody dare give me the DNA argument when grids at one time were decided by lottery okay that's a fair start and then he goes, that said, I liked our original concept the best. Mini race grid in reverse championship order. 20 laps. Last car eliminated. And I can see a bunch of F1 fans immediately turning their eyebrows up going elimination. Going back, back to- <laughs> elimination? <laughs> Thinking back to elimination qualifying last year and like their eyeballs exploding. Um, last car eliminated every lap to set grid for Sunday. Basis was that jumbled up grids usually give exciting races. Fastest car and driver would still, brackets, usually win on Sunday. Of course you'd get the teams unhappy that they found it too hard to overtake in the qualifying race, and so moves to overtake overhaul tech regulations to reduce dirty air, simplify aero, and bring about cars that can pass. All of a sudden, reach agreement. See how it all starts to play out? No, Will. That's not how I see it playing out. And, like, I have, I have one counterpoint to this, King. Right? You can hear me out here. If the teams were so insistent on having cars that were easy to overtake in, why the hell did they all approve a 2017 rule change to have more aggressive aero and adding even more downforce to these fucking cars? Yeah, that, that's that's what exactly no time world champion David Coulthard said. <laughs> like that's exact. Like if we really wanted this, why did we all add downforce to the cars? Because they thought fans would appreciate the cars being really, really fast. Yeah. Without with, I mean, without realizing that fans don't actually give a shit about lap records. Yeah, to a fan standing trackside, going 160 miles an hour and going 180 miles an hour looks exactly the same. <laughs> and like this really wouldn't work in the sense of like I, I distinctively remember like the fact that like just a week ago in Australia, like Fernando Alonso finished in fifth. Directly behind him was Max Verstappen, a car that, as mentioned on last week's show, was at least a second a lap faster in clean air compared to the McLaren. Because Daniel and this, uh, Daniel Ricciardo was held up himself trying to pass Kimi Raikkonen. Now, <laughs> I don't think you need to be a rocket scientist to work out that if, uh, um, like, I know, okay, Australia is a bad example because the overtaking issues are probably exaggerated a little bit around there because it's really not built for passing compared to a lot of other tilt drones that have a couple of outright dead easy places to pass a car. But at the same token, you would get a lot of cars like stuck in the midfield because as Valtteri Bottas proved in Australia, he really couldn't pass those midfield cars that are apparently so much slower than everybody else. 
Um, we mentioned the threshold was like 1.8 seconds a lap in Australia. Like that was the speed difference you had to be at to effectively pass another car. Um, that's enormous. That is a gaping chasm <laughs> in performance difference if you're looking at the best part of two seconds a lap. And like, but King, think of the upside. You'd be pretty much guaranteeing Sauber at least two wins a year, right? Ooh. Yeah. Qualifying races <laughs> wouldn't count for points. Like, let's, let's remember that. It wouldn't count for points. It's just there to but, set okay, the grid. Okay. okay, who beats Marcus Ericsson at Monaco, though? <laughs> exactly. Double-digit passes at Monaco. You might get you might get double digit wrecks from faster cars trying to dive bomb people trying to pass because there's, no, there's going to be no other way of doing it around Monaco now, is it? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, have, I have two gripes about the idea of qualifying races. One, uh, one point. First point I'll get to later. And Buxton opens with what would be the better option. Two, it would get rid of qualifying, which arguably is already the most exciting part of the race weekend anyway the current knockout format of q1 q2 q3 is probably one of the best modern inventions of formula one it really is like i mentioned this on twitter earlier today i said like eight times out of ten qualifying is the best part of a race weekend last year despite lewis hamilton having 11 pole positions a lot of those were very close and often went to the wire and as you mentioned the whole knockout format and the intensity of the final two minutes of any qualifying session is great. It's it, it's a format that is wor- that it works. It's exciting and it shouldn't be messed with, in my humble opinion. Um, but yeah, getting rid of that for another race, which has been inherently boring for the most part for quite some time now, given these 2017 regulations that are all to do with cornering speed and having faster cars in general, but exemplify and exaggerate the dirty air problem um so what's the other issue king other issue i'd probably say what i feel the best option to do is what buxton opened with f the grid used to be decided by qualify i mean used to be decided by lottery and i think that's what they should do after qualifying not have like a straight like everyone picks a number out of a hat but the guy who the guy who finishes who you know finishes first in qualifying gets the most you know amount of tickets in said hat i see so So basically uh, have it like weighted like how the nba does their draft lottery yeah yeah having having the worst record doesn't guarantee you the number one pick in the in the draft but it gives you the best chance of getting that pick Unless you bend one of the envelopes and make sure the Knicks get the first pick. <laughs> okay, okay, Dre. But yeah, we should also realize of the of the last thirty two NBA you know draft lotteries, only six times the team with the worst record actually got the first pick. Shout out to Cleveland. Um, <laughs> used to used to get the number one pick like all the friggin' time. But yeah, like okay, a weighted lottery doesn't sound too bad. Um, and, you, and you still get knockout qualifying. Yay! Like, Lewis Hamilton wins the number one pick for the qualifying ballot. Oh. <laughs> but, um, no, to be fair, like, I've heard worse ideas. But, um, a, a, a reverse championship order qualifying eliminator race sounds a bit silly, if you ask it me. It sounds um, overly complicated to explain why we're even doing this. 
Like, you, you'll ask any fan since, like, the, since the 2010s and they'll say, well, why did they get rid of the knockout qualifying um, to try and make the sport more exciting? And you're doing that by removing the most exciting part of a race weekend. Yeah! The plan is, we're going to make the sport worse in hope that the teams make it better. Yeah, that, Do you sounds, know how- that sounds like the most inane argument to making a change, that we're going to break the sport. We're going to burn this whole thing to the ground to make it better. It's like a memes. It's like it's like when Jake Paul admitted he liked Pokemon, and then Pokemon would tweet him back saying, oh, great, now we've got to throw out the whole franchise. Thanks a lot, Jake. Um, <laughs> that's what we're kind of stuck with here. But like I said, this whole thing is counterproductive to what the regulations that were set in 2017 was in the first place. Um, this is not stage racing. <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming. Chris, I'm gonna have to fight you. <laughs> Square up. <laughs> um, outside. Um, but um, oh god, <laughs> who needs a green and white checkered flag, everybody? Um, oh Jesus. But yeah, a, 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 a qualifying race. Like really, we're doing this. Um, it, it just screams to me, King, as like another solution of trying to fix the sport, knowing they're not going to change the car regulations for another three years by literally changing everything but the cars themselves in in the hopes that, you know, if you change enough shit, maybe something would stick. <laughs> yeah, not, not, we're not coming up with a solution that is meant to work under any format in any series, which is kind of my idea with any rules, like any format mm. change. Like, if, if you wouldn't imagine it working in, like, IndyCar or Formula 3, then don't do it, because it probably is not a good idea. <laughs> to be fair, like, it's almost... It's only the second craziest potential change last week. Um, did you see people on the F1 subreddit talking about how they can basically change Albert Park as a circuit <laughs> to try and be more conducive towards overtaking by basically extending... The straight before turn thirteen, and making it the hairpin instead of around the back, like it used, like it, like the old roads that they had back there. I was like, oh god, really? We're doing this? So um, I'm the South Park Racer. Yeesh. Do you see and, that one on the F1 Summit again? <laughs> uh, I I read a story about it on uh, autos. Yeah, on, I no, yeah, I saw I saw someone's mock up of. Of what they wanted to do, but it's completely different about what the FIA kind of have planned. Well, did they have planned that? I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing this. So basically, this. you basically you know the eleven twelve, you know that fast, really high speed chicane. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, they would extend that road and basically make uh, eleven a ninety degree corner to basically try to have another passing zone. No, <laughs> that's not gonna work. Um... So yeah, they would ex- they would extend eleven further further down the road, make it a ninety degree corner, and then basically rejoin the rest of the circuit. And the 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 curving straight into it would be a DRS zone. One, I don't think that straight is long enough. Two, it's like long, that's it's longer the... than the main straight. <sighs> okay, maybe that could work, but. 
the other side of the coin is that's arguably the best part of the circuit. Yeah, that's like, why I absolutely hate it. It's the best part of the circuit. You drive that in F1 2017, it's like, yeah, you're going at 120 miles an hour in the turn 11, and it's fucking great. And it's like, no, you, 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 you're actively making the circuit worse in the desperate attempt to add more overtaking to it. And oh, I wouldn't be a fan of that. Um, that. That wouldn't be for me. Um, like I said, like their idea on the F1 subreddit was, like I said, it was basically the, the slow 90-degree right-hander at turn 13. You would extend that road knowing that the two roads that come next to it meet at a hairpin bend. So you're making it longer and adding a but hairpin. Then, that... But then you get rid of turn 14. <laughs> yeah, and like I like 14. That's another challenging corner. So it's like... Uh, like it's, it's a butchering job. Like, like, I, I get... To me, what I believe would be like the ideal Grand Prix circuit is... Melbourne, but slightly modified. But it, like in spirit, it is this track. If F1 can't race here, they can't race pretty much in any you know track that I perceive to be you know that quintessential Grand Prix circuit. Right. Well. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can see where we are. Yeah. Um, but um. Yeah. Like. I did think, as, as, a, as a quick tangent, I did also see in the comments, like, oh my god, there's like, why is there like 14 cricket grounds around this side of the circuit? Um, it's, a public, I think, it's a public park, Trey. <laughs> to, which, to which someone in the comments said, well, you know, these strangers need all the help they can get with ball tampering, right? <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that one in. <laughs> I had to get that one in. Sorry, my bad. Um, I sincerely apologise for this, but yeah, like it's it's this it's just this ongoing F one mentality of basically just butcher everything except the cars, knowing that the cars are the problem. So I tweeted about this because again, Buxton was leading the conversation again, talking about possible circuit changes, and I put in there and I said, guys. Editing Albert Parker's a circuit is dancing around the problem again. Um, so, you know, I just because don't like this. The, the, teams, the teams are not going to agree to a rule change. So, like, if they want, like, if, F, if Formula One wanted to change anything else, they could. But when it comes to the technical regulations, the teams need to approve of it, which is why we never see any, like, decent changes. Indeed, if you're Mercedes and Ferrari that are the two best teams in the sport by a comfortable margin right now, why would you agree to a tech change when you two are the fastest cars and you risk losing that if you change the regulations? Like, if you're Mercs, you're going to want to keep the status quo as long as you possibly can. Especially when, you've, when you're winning 15 Grand Prix a year at least. Um, like, well, you know, so at least that's how I look at it anyway. Um, but... You know, this is F one, where we like we, we can we all know what the elephant in the room is here, but we can't change it because we know the teams would never agree to that. Politics, yay! Um, speaking of politics, <laughs> there was one great big um, overarching news story that came out of Australia after the the, the race weekend had finished. Um, besides Lewis Hamilton not winning, um, it, it was the Haas team who. Like, let's just say the rest of the midfield wasn't exactly happy with the fact that Hassan all of a sudden kicked all of their asses. Um, yes, like, I, I think it was Force India and McLaren that were leading the charge, caught, like, asking Haas to be investigated by the FIA for, quote-unquote, their relationship with Ferrari. 
Um, I think King was on an accusation along the lines of basically modeling their car after last year's Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> or something along those lines, basically. Yeah, Where basically, uh, there's, in the technical regulations, there's a rule that uh, you need to design your own chassis and bodywork. Anything, mm-hmm. like, most of the other par- parts in the car, like, very minor, small parts, you could, you know, buy off the shelf. Sure. So, pretty much, Haas takes this to the absolute extreme. If there's anything that c- they could legally purchase to supply for their car, they will do that. It's in the rules, no? So, like, if you can do it, you can do it. A, a um, lot of... A lot of the sticking point about the current Haas car is the front suspension. It is direct from Ferrari, which is legal. But the way current Formula One suspensions are is that, you know, air flows around them. So pretty much how the rest of the car is designed is dictated by the front wing and the suspension. So obviously it's going to look like a Ferrari if they have a Ferrari front suspension. Oh, I see. So, yeah, it's like, oh, my God, it looks like the last year's Ferrari. It must be illegal. Turns out it's perfectly legal, just uh, kicking the dick in the other in the other mm. midfield teams. Oh, hang on. It's questionable <laughs> because okay. uh, it's in the rules, but, but. <laughs> they don't really know how to enforce it. <laughs> because right. So, uh... Otmar Snafnauer, the the CEO, the COO of Force India, has basically come out and said that uh, he's going to bring it up in the next strategy group meeting of how these rules should be applied. Because in scrutineering, uh, the cars are you know you know tested to see if they fit within the technical regulations, not mm-hmm. the regulations regarding you know IP like. Yes, the mm. car is legal in terms of it's a Formula One car. We don't know if it's legal if the bodywork is distinct enough from the Ferrari. Right. So basically, what Force India are asking for is basically clarification as to okay, like where's like where's the line here? Basically, um, yikes! This is a big one because yeah, Haas was I think when they finished what eighth in the constructors last year. They definitely struggled points-wise in the second half of last season. They've come out of the box. They were again. They were very fast in testing. They were probably the biggest surprise of the test. Yeah. They came to Australia and they were comfortably the best of the rest in qualifying yeah, they, and they, in the race. Yeah, they locked out the third row in the race. They ran as high as fourth and fifth until you know the double retirement. Mm-hmm. So significant improvement from Haas compared to last year. Um, so. Of course, if you're Force India, who was the gangbusters' fourth best car last year, and now all of a sudden are out of the points, yeah. so, um, you're going to be a bit salty, I guess. So basically, Safnauer and Zach Brown, they both want an investigation. Because, uh, quote from Otmar, uh, uh, all, the aer- all the aerodynamic surfaces have to be your own. If they're not, I, I don't know how you can tell unless you start investigating. Scrutineering only tells you what fits within the box of the regulations. It's yours or somebody else's idea? That's the real question. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> it's it's like Force India is like, you're doing things wrong. We're not sure how, 
but we but we want to find out how you're getting this wrong so we can peg you back a bit. And over <laughs> and over at McLaren, we have Fernando Alonso saying the the Haas is the is a replica Ferrari, and Zach Brown saying it's a farce as as a farce. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> was, was, was that the American version of farce? Like it was, it was it's a farce. Only if you're from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no no! <laughs> a fast it's, it's, it's American for farce. Um, oh god! So yeah, like McLaren, who just finished the Grand Prix in fifth and ninth, their best start of the season since 2014. Even they're sassy about this. <laughs> like, I, I love mean, it. That's that. That's what they see the threat as. That someone yeah. could literally roll up, buy a car, be fourth and fifth in the race. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so they've just basically yanked all the Ferrari they could they, they could legally buy, and then, you know, because it was last year's Ferrari, which of course won five Grand Prix last year, you know, it's going to be good right out of the box. And hey, turns out they're like a second lap faster than they were last year. Who knew? And not only do they use as many customer components as they can, they don't manufacture their car. They, they design it, but it's built by Delara. Saving some money, which that's always useful. Yeah. Um, Zoe, you were saying something there in the back. Well, just I was going to say, just because like they've bought as much as they buy from Ferrari, they've still got to be able to set it up right. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we've seen teams in the past who have like basically bought another team's car and can't get it to run. True so that. They've still got to have a good engineering backing. Indeed, and that's probably where Haas have done so well is that they've been able to not only do this but also get it all working and the fact that they've done it and they've leapfrogged three or four teams um, uh, in the early... I mean, okay, it's still early days. We still have 20 races to go this season. And as we've seen, Haas are a team that can often struggle to keep up in the development race as the year goes on, but they've never looked this good out of the box in any of their three previous seasons they've taken part in. Um, I know Grosjean had that miracle sixth, the, the first race out of the box, but um, they again, I said they were running fourth. They were set for twenty-two points. That would have been huge in that midfield race. Um, that's like instead that they was, have zero. Instead, they have zero, and that would be something that Force India would have been very happy to take home if they had a fourth and a fifth. Um, that was pretty much matching Force India's best weekend of last year when they had a fourth and a fifth. Um, so. Yeah, like, if, if you're forcing your McLaren, you can clearly see where the threat is here. Um, and that's but, probably why they've kicked up a stink. <laughs> I mean, Haas have a big budget, but they use that budget effectively. They make every dollar count. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, uh, but the, the important question here is, King, are they still hashtag not your team? Uh, man. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't a, that wasn't a denial now was it and admittedly all the like during the off season all the america bashing even from within haas themselves then people bashing haas it's like i feel really sympathetic for haas right now <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like it's not our fault we were good and inventive with the rules and you know cost effective, like everything we kind of want an F one team to be these days, you know. Sigh. So could this other name be the Harsening? The Harsening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
Oh, Jesus. I, I, I liked my title of America's team. Like, but I might have to consider that. I, I might have to consider that's a pretty good one. So, we, we talked a little bit about the cars as it is, but King, big deal next week. The FIA basically giving us like the first real round of 2021 regulations for these cars going forward. It's, it, it's a big one. Um, what do you make of it going in? Because obviously we're going to talk about this a lot more next week after Bahrain, but like this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big big deal. A lot of you, we can, we can already tell we know that the that the plans are huge because we already have Mercedes and Ferrari threatening to quit. Oh, is that time of the week again? Is it <laughs> cool? So, hey, Ferrari wants to quit again. Third time this month. Hey, Feathers, you got anything new for us? So, um, I think earlier, uh, I think, I would say a couple months ago, we already talked about what the engine plans that, yes. that Ross Braun had, that they want a uh, turbocharged V6 engine with a standard uh, Curse package for all the teams. So, yeah, like, the, the, like all the cars will be hybrid, but the hybrid system will now on be standardized. Basically, it's like taking a little bit of the element of MotoGP, like a couple of years ago when they made the electronic standardized. Everyone was on the same ECU um, that Ducati basically made, which totally didn't help Ducati suddenly rise to the top of the field again. <clears throat> but, hey, um, hey, Dre, hey, Dre, I should also mention right now, Formula One's electronics are standardized too, and they're made by McLaren, so like, it's not, it's not uh, helping them out. Damn it. <laughs> Stop being that guy, King. What guy? That guy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, quite right. Um, but, yeah, a standardized Curse unit, that would be interesting. We, we, we talked about that a couple of months ago, talking about, you know, Turbo V6, standardized you know, Curse package, basically more emphasis on driver deployment, more emphasis on strategy when it comes to engine deployment and whatnot and maximizing power. And it's basically uh, what most of the manufacturers not name... Mercedes and Ferrari wanted uh, yeah. a cheap, powerful, uh, yeah, cheap, powerful hybrid engine for Formula One. Yeah, so as you can tell, Mercedes and Ferrari, knowing that, love that news. Um, it's like, what do you mean you're going to make it simpler and cheaper and bring more teams into it? We don't want that. You're going to win. <laughs> it's like, guys, if you don't do it, we're going to quit again. It's like, really? <laughs> Um, so, is there any other inklings about 2021 that you're on the fence about, King, or have you got any well, inklings about going in for next week, or is there anything out there that has any suggestions? Based on what Ross Braun said in Australia, let's just say they really love the Universal Arrow Kit. Go on. Like, they want less downforce. Oh, Re realizing that mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> that that's basically as close as you'll get to Ross Broad admitting that 2017 was kind of a screw up. <laughs> are you, are you saying the pinnacle of racing made a mistake? <laughs> Never. The pinnacle of racing. Never. Like like Zoe, it, it's the pinnacle of motorsport. It wasn't a mistake. It was just a happy accident. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that, that, 
that quote from Ross Braun about the arrow saying there's almost a force field that exists at the moment a bubble around each car and the car attacking can't get near it because as soon as it gets within a second and a half and two seconds of the car in front it loses so much performance it can't get near hook it to my veins <laughs> <laughs> yes Ross yes <laughs> I've been, I've been waiting to hear this for two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm broken. I'm having a crisis live on the podcast. Good lord! Um, yeah, so somebody, somebody, get me a cigarette. God. Um, <laughs> he, he's also uh, took a, a little jab at the people who said, "Let's get rid of front wings," and he said, "It's not as huh? simple as just chopping off the front wing of the car." Who said this? I want to shoot them. Like, who was suggesting we get rid of front wings? <laughs> like, oh my quote, idiots! The the front wing is for sure one area that is sensitive in both respects, in terms of disturbance it creates, then sensitivity to the disturbance of the car in front. It's not the only area. There's furniture and barge boards you see behind the front wheels that are equally as sensitive, and there are areas of the rear floor and rear aerodynamics which are sensitive. Uh, basically, Braun says uh, that they need to look at aerodynamics across the whole car, not just the front wing, and that while 2021 is the main focus of you know his technical plans, he's also th- uh, thinking of some changes that could be made in, in the interim in the 2019 and 2020 season so hopefully you know get the ball you know rolling sooner my drug (laughs) (laughs) like ross ross you're sending me a dream here i like i like like this seems promising if you're a racing fan here because as as we've mentioned these cars generate far too much topside downforce they're very very fast but as mentioned, they often accelerate the dirty air problem where it's now like you're getting cars backing off to within like two seconds of each other to like keep the engine temperatures cooler and just to basically not chew their tires out. Um, so it's promising. Um, they look like, again, as King mentioned, it seems like they like what IndyCar has done. Don't, don't ever have any of the other F1 teams admit that, otherwise they're just going to like piss off all the fans by saying that, yeah, IndyCar kind of had the right idea here. <laughs> don't, like, 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 I tweeted about that last week, and I just went, you mean you mean they think IndyCar was kind of a better idea? Like, like, I, like I remember it was an Autosport column, and they said, some team bosses were fearful that it might be too much like IndyCar. And I oh, that, responded that by Artmar. going... That was Artmar. <laughs> yeah, yeah I and I looked at that and I, I took one look at that and I went <laughs> oh that was hilarious um, uh, like uh, I think that also plays into another thing about 2021 that Otmar hopes to bring up in the strategy group meetings that uh, the whole basically McLaren Force India and uh, Williams want to stop this being a thing that in the next set of regulations uh, add more you know regulated parts of the car that you have to make so yeah so basically supply more of the independent teams basically no 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 that that each of the teams have to make you can't buy off the shelf oh I see so you want more like in-house development then basically um 
okay. Which... So yeah, you, you you want more distinction between independent teams rather than just having the independents just buy shit off the shelf. Okay. Which That's is interesting, obviously but... not popular with pretty much everyone that is not the midfield. Right, because that's like... Not only there is a chance that another team could out-develop them and beat them, because then again, that's that's a risk, but also that it's going to cost them more money as well, because you're going to spend more in development in trying to find something unique and original. Yeah, um, which... Uh, Liberty Media are not fans of. They do not want to raise the barrier of entry for new teams to come into the sport. Mm-hmm. They actually want to head in the opposite direction. Yeah, they want to have, like, because, like, this is the hint that you were getting at in the Discord earlier this week, like, Liberty are kind of contemplating the possibility of customer cars. Again. Like, that could be a thing. That's, like, that's on the table here, potentially. Like, yeah. whew, that's that's heavy duty. Yeah, like, it's been over thirty years since Formula One has banned customer cars. Actually, we're getting closer to, uh, yeah, we're getting yeah we're getting close to forty years since F One has banned customer cars. That's a big one. That's a big smoking gun. And uh, the like, even in the two thousands, you were getting like basically teams like Sauber getting hand me downs from Ferrari, basically, but. Yikes. That would be big. Um, how would that change the landscape, though, King? Because there are a number of teams who have stated that they would join Formula One if they could purchase customer cars to compete in Formula One. Last year, yeah, last year, Prima Power Team, the preeminent junior, mm-hmm. junior team in Europe, has said that they would enter Formula One if they could buy customer cars. And Trinity Autosport has said that they would enter Formula 1 if they could get customer cars. Uh, Dams and ART, two really large major French teams. You know, Dams being the e, like the Dams and E-Dams Renault. Pretty much, we would go into Formula 1 if we could get customer cars. So, yeah, this could open the floodgates for a lot more independent participation. Which would be great, right? Um, I wonder who'd be against such a thing. All the teams that they would have to directly compete against in the midfield. Never! <laughs> <laughs> Again, like, yeah, no surprises there. Um, phew, geez. Um, pretty much uh, what Otmar Safnauer has said that essentially, in terms of he doesn't want it to be like IndyCar, he fears that it would be a, a slippery slope into IndyCar becoming an effective spec series like IndyCar well, IndyCar, they have to use the Delar chassis. It, it'd mm-hmm. be more similar to European Formula 3 where you could run any where you could run any Formula 3 car but everyone buys a Delara because it's the best car. Yeah, it's a bit like Moto2 where like for the last couple of years now like everybody just buys a Calyx because that's been the best chassis in Moto2 for years. Um, it pretty much effectively killed Suter in, in, in Moto2, which had some guy called Mark Marquez win a world title on it only six years ago. Um, <laughs> and after that, teams like Polder Spagaro and Tito Rabat won world titles on Calex chassis, and then the whole field just switched to Calexes, and Suter effectively died. 
like on its arse and now like KTM is now starting to have a greater influence in the sport now because they saw what Miguel Oliveira did last year winning the last three races and everyone's like hmm maybe that KTM is competitive um you get the gist it's the same deal here basically um so yeah in IndyCar what happened when when the split first happened and the IRL was formed the first season they ran old cart chassis and like chassis and after that year, they opened up, you know, they introduced a new car that anyone could build. And there were two main chassis that you could purchase. It was uh, it was the Delara and the G-Force. Mm-hmm. And eventually, over time, the Delara proved to be more competitive. And eventually, slowly but surely, the G-Force faded away. And because they had less customers, they had less funding to fund development on their car until the ubiquitous car in the IRL was the Delara chassis. Yeah, same deal again. Just like Formula 2 and Suta. Yeah, they won a world title with a really good rider. Like, when when other riders proved that Cadex was more consistent in getting really good results, the Suta just faded out completely. They were, they were going to be out of Moto2 altogether, but at the last minute they decided to fund one team. Like, the field is now like 70% Calexes in Moto2 and like 25% KTMs and then 5% everything else, basically. Um, like, two speed-ups, um, the Mistral, which is the old Tech 3 chassis, and that's about it, basically. Um, so it's the same deal there, basically. So but there's one very, very large caveat to this whole situation, that mm-hmm. this is Formula 1. Of I, course. I really don't think that every team would stop building their own cars. Surely Ferrari would not buy a customer chassis. Mercedes no wouldn't way. do that. Renault wouldn't do that. All the manufacturer teams would not buy customer cars. They're not dropping a hundred plus million a season to, to buy somebody else's chassis. No chance. They'll think, oh yeah, we can build something that's better than this. Um, and next thing you know, that's how a development race happens. Um... <laughs> Throwing money at the wall and seeing what sticks. So, uh, I do see the I do see the case where we would probably get, uh, we we we'd go back to what it was in like the late like I would say early seventies, where there were three distinct classes in Formula One, where we had the manufacturers, those who built their own car, their own engine, the constructors, who are basically what Formula One is now where you build your own chassis, but buy your engine, and then the customers on the bottom who both buy a chassis and an engine. Right. Would that cause problems competitively if the if customer cars are allowed back in? Uh, it would only cause a problem if whoever produced the customer car didn't race in Formula 1, if they solely just sold cars. Say, uh... Say if BMW didn't have a factory team, they just built cars for Formula One. That that would cause a legitimate issue (laughs) because there might be just manufacturers and customers then because the manufacturer is always going to build their own car and the customer car might be just as good as the manufacturer cars. And they'll just buy it off of BMW for the lowest price. Yeah, Yeah. I can see see how how that would be a problem. Um... Jeez, um, yeah, like I can see how that'd be problematic. Um, so, right, King, you ready for customer cars back? Uh, I'm ready. I'd love to see like, I'd love to see 26 car grids <laughs> back again. 
Bring back Virgin, like HRT, you're back in. Let's, let's go. <laughs> like somebody, has anybody got Pedro de la Rosa's number? <laughs> like, I, I guarantee you, like a lot of the teams that would come in with customer cars, that wouldn't be their end goal. I'm pretty sure down the line they would want to build their own cars. Sure, I think that's, you mean, let's be real here. Being successful in F1 is a huge marketing draw. Um, so if the higher up the grid you are, the more money you're getting in prize money, and of course, the more publicity you're getting in being higher up the field, you could easily turn that into a manufacturing gig down the road if, if you've got enough money in the bank to make it viable. So, and sure. You, you know what team started out in Formula 1, Dre? <laughs> racing customer cars? No, but tell me more. Uh, Williams. Williams started ah. out racing customer cars. <laughs> I could have guessed that, to be fair, but... Yeah. <laughs> hey, they turned out alright. Well, back then. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now they want to stop people from racing in F1 with customer cars. It's funny how that turns out, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's see if that comes up. We'll see a little bit more of the outlined plans for 2021 next week. But hey, signs are actually kind of promising. Who would have thought it? Don't mess this up, Ross. Don't mess this up. Ross, I like where you're going with this. Like, like, do not deviate from the path. Do, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred quid. You, you got this. Right. Good news, King. Formula Two is back this weekend. Oh yeah. Even though I don't know how I'm gonna watch it because ESPN ain't airing it. It's via totally legal sources. You know that you know how this works, King. You've been here long enough. Yeah. You you know it. I know it. And uh, oh boy, we have twenty one cars lined up for this. We have a halo, which people are bound to hate. We have a new car, which actually looked pretty cool. Um, and we got we, turbos. We have turbos, and we have Artem Markolov. It's the best series in racing. <laughs> Our favourite mad Russian is back. I am here. Like I am here, standing for Artem Markolov. Let's go, Markolov for the title, <laughs> representing Russia type, and he's going to be in the number one car king. Yeah, because <laughs> Russia time are the team's champions. Yes. So, like, well, no, what, no. What? Uh, yeah, Russia time ended up with the number one and number two. Prima, on the other hand, ended up with three and four. <laughs> Yeah, so quick breakdown of the teams. Uh, Russian Time, of course, winning the team's title last year. They'll be running uh, Artem Markov in the number one car and uh, Tadasuke Makino in the number two car. Um, that'll be a fun team to keep an eye on. Obviously, like, for those of us who have never seen Formula 2, Artem Markov is fun. Trust me on this. You will love Artem Markov. He's hilarious on team radio and he will try passes that nobody else will. It's a good combination. See Verstappen, Max, for more information. Um, <laughs> it's a good time for all involved. Um, that'll be fun. King, Prima are back. Um, uh, but... Not the lineup we were expecting at Prima. Yeah, it's like, you look at that and you go, this isn't the Prima I was looking for. Um, Sean Galil and Nick DeFries um, in the three and the four this year. You're not Lando Norris. Like, yeah, like you're not Lando. <laughs> Why aren't you here? <laughs> well, we can thank Lawrence Stroll for that. Yes, we, we, we can thank Lawrence Stroll and maybe some Indonesian chicken. It helps, apparently. <laughs> so, like, Nick DeFries is solid, though. You know, maybe this will be the year that Nick DeFries puts it all together, King. 
You know? Mm. <laughs> it's like if if there was a year for Prima not to win this championship. Yeah, this is probably the one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. you no, know, uh, Nick DeVries has told the Dutch press that apparently I don't know how or why. Apparently, if Nick DeVries wins this year's Formula Two championship, he'll get a ride with McLaren next year. What? I I don't know. If, huh? Like, I don't know if McLaren were like, yeah, Nick, you're so going to win this championship against Lando Norris. If you win somehow, <laughs> you'll get the ride next year. Stoffel, um, like, like <laughs> Stoffel's just shit himself, clearly. Um, it's like, McLaren's like, yeah, sure, he's totally winning this championship. Nick, prove him wrong. Like, fuck it up, fam. We'll go, go win that championship and really shit Zach Brown right up. And make... <laughs> Give him a really difficult decision to make. That would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> oh shit! Do we cut Fernando or do we let go of Stoffel? Oh no! We promised him a seat. Um, that would be fun. Um, what's funny as well here, the King, is that like Dams have not announced their team oh, no, drivers no, yet. They, they have a driver. It's they have a driver. You're probably. No. Are you looking at the Wikipedia page right now? <laughs> It helps. I'm not going to lie. Well, <laughs> at, at Dams, they'll be running uh, Nicholas Latifi and Alex Albon. That's all right. Yeah. yeah Solid yeah. lineup for Dams. Uh, uh, expect them to be challenging for podiums. The occasional win. They'll be up there. <clears throat> yeah, definitely up there. Two solid drivers in there. ART with an all-British lineup this year, King. Jack Aitken. Um, we'll have to call him that guy that Arav really likes in his My Driver series. And George Russell is in there as well, stepping up to Formula 2. I am yes. very curious to see how George Russell turns out, because obviously that Merck's back in. Um, yeah, he's, they, he's pegged to be Lewis Hamilton's successor. Yeah. No pressure, kid. No I mean, <laughs> Don't worry, you're next in line to like one of the six best racing drivers that Formula 1 has ever seen. Now, Good luck. I would say <laughs> that this is probably in terms of drive repairing the quote-unquote all-star team, because uh, Russell won the GP3 championship of last course. year, and Jack Aiken finished second in GP3 last year. Yeah, so ART snagged, like, the two best drivers in GP3 last year. So, yeah, it, it, it does have a very all-star team feel to it. Um, so that could be interesting as well. Um, ART have got good record in, in, in Formula 2 and that is two exciting drivers both British as well so you know the press will be talking about it if they get any sort of decent results that would be fun King of Anas is running the number 9 car yet an MP uh, it is a former Formula 1 driver who could it possibly be uh, they drove at Marussia that one time <laughs> Alex Rossi no they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're Spanish they're Spanish not him. <laughs> it's Roberto Mary. Mary's back. Oh no! <laughs> Who spiked the punch bowl? Um, <laughs> Roberto is back with uh, with Ralph Boshung as well in the number ten car. Well, King, that's bound to be um, interesting. Yes, it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> it's, it's not like Mary was terrible in the junior classes. He was just problematic on occasion. Yeah. You know, um, Bosch looks solid. I would expect top tens from him. Um, Arden 
Yeah, Horner's one of your, boys. Horn, Horner's boys, and one of your boys, King. Oh, uh, yeah, Maximilian Gunther. He's moved up from European Formula 3 up to the penultimate class. You uh, mean that guy that, sh- you know, that guy that should have won in Macau, right? <laughs> no, 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 that's... <laughs> Oh, that was Habsburg, yes, yeah, of course. Habsburg. Habsburg. This, is, this, is, this is the German boy, not the Austrian boy. I, 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 got, I, got, I got the wrong boy. Like, King's got, a, King's got a list. It's like Rebecca James' <laughs> list on Bike Live. It's like there's 115 names on there I've got to siphon through. My bad. That is walking. And, yeah, two solid seasons. Well, three, two and a half seasons in European Formula 3. Last year, he finished third in the championship. The year before, he finished second. He's a really solid guy. Not not the flashiest guy, but he gets the job done. Indeed, should be should be fun. And uh, Nirai Fukuzumi in the number twelve car as well. Yep, one of Honda's boys. One of Honda's boys. Like, uh, just don't overpay for him in the Centennial Cup draft, like I did the last time. (laughs) Honda had a backed boy. It it didn't go well for me. Although I still proudly hang my bronze medal on my wall because we're British. We celebrate. Even the bronze medals. Um, Campos! Um, Luca Giotto in there, King. <laughs> yep, the stalwart, the veteran. He's been here for how many years? Oh my god. At uh, least 17. No, um, he's, he's actually only been here for two, but it feels, I'm like, for, it feels like forever. <laughs> yep, fourth in the championship last year for Russian time. Um, even getting his second win in the series last year as well. Um, Luke Veteran is in there, and teammate Roy Nassani in in there in the number fifteen car. Um, definitely one to keep an eye on. Like from Israel, ladies and gentlemen, his first year in the uh, guess you could say the Formula One ladder. You could say yeah, was in. He's, he's an exile. From, he's an exile from, from World <laughs> Series Formula V eight three point five. Yes, remember that one? The one that Carlos Sainz won in? Yeah, those guys. The ones that don't get super license points anymore. <laughs> Whoops. Um, to the Italians and Trident. and uh, Interesting ha- team, King. They're Haas Light. Haas Light, that was like, <laughs> I reckon. Uh, I recognize that name. Santino Ferrucci in there in the 17 car. Um, who I think was confirmed like last week to be staying on with the Haas team in the development role as well. Yeah, both, uh, which is both, nice to see. Both, um, both Maney and uh, and Ferrucci, <laughs> they're both Haas development drivers. Well, one I'm sure that uh, Gene will be will be watching with keen interest. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're 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 like basically Haas like the Trident boys in the 16 and 17 cars. Colin and. Um, Let's just say, if you're one of those guys that are watching Formula 2 this year, there is probably a giant red circle lined around number 19. Lando Norris. Uh, I mean, look out, world. Carlin <laughs> are back. After abandoning yes. the series to go to America, they decided to come back. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, 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 they headed for the States. It's like, you know what? Yeah, let's give let's let's cut like we have like we can get Lando Norris. Okay, we're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for us. <laughs> we have like so Lando Norris in the nineteen car. We all you know him. I know him. We all know him. The next great British hope you could make the case for uh, for here. Um, and obviously, um, Formula Three European champion last year with nine wins. And basically all the memes after he didn't win the title straight away. <laughs> but um, yes, Lando Norris, 
arguably favourite here, given the amount of hype he's had going in. And you got Sergio Camera as his teammate in the 18 car as well, another solid driver as yep. well. He, um, he started off. He started off last year's Formula Two season pretty on a not that good, but then by the time we reached the the later rounds, Belgium, Monza, he really turned up the wick. He got his. He got first win, another second place finish. I really think it's gonna be Norris and Camera this year. And Camera yes. was one corner away from winning Macau. Sigh. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Yeah. Seven top ten finishes in the last eight races of 2017 for Camera. Definitely one to keep an eye on. And finally, pardon my pronunciation, the Sharos Racing Team. Um, and yeah, Luis Delatras here, kids. Um, in the 20 car. Again, damn solid driver. Um, very, very good indeed. In Well, well yeah, yeah, again, he had a couple of moments towards the end of last year. He was really solid. Like, I still remember the sprint race, like the Monza weekend where he was in 7th and 4th that weekend. He was right up there at the thick end of it. Um, another, like, like, a guy a little bit like Camera got better as the year went on. And, <laughs> like, the entertaining one, Antonio Fuco, who, again, really did show up a lot towards the end of Formula 2 last year, winning that Monza feature race, which basically all hell broke loose. Um, <laughs> but several podiums for um, last year in Formula 2. Definitely another one to keep an eye on. But it's, yeah, um, Shurus, the uh, they're actually former championships in the. I mean, champions in the series. They sure they. Uh, well, no, they're not this series. Form, Formula Three Thousand. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like yeah. a while ago, and they are they're also the uh, last year's team's champion in World Series Formula V8 3.5. Doesn't exist. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. But doesn't they count. The, <laughs> they won the team's championship with Rene Binder and Pietro Fittipaldi last year. Mm-hmm. Wonder Indeed. where they went. Yeah. Mm. They turned out alright, didn't they? Um, <laughs> so, 20 cars taking the field for Formula 2. Starting up this weekend in Bahrain, King, are you on the Nando? Are you on the Nando Norris train for, for for the title? Yeah, it's Nando's title to lose. I don't care what anyone says. It's Nando's title to lose. Team Markov, let's go! <laughs> I want Markov in F one. Damn it! <laughs> like so, let's, let's go, Markov. Um, I'd, I'd love to see Markov win the title, but I'm kind of with King on this one. I'm leaning towards Lando. Um, the guy's a stud. He just is. And, uh, yeah, indeed. They'll be racing at 12 rounds this season. Bahrain on, um, obviously, this week, this weekend upcoming. Baku, Catalonia, uh, Monaco, Paul Ricard, uh, the Red Bull Ring in Austria, Silverstone, um, the Hungaro Ring, Spa, Monza, Sochi, and the season finale on November 25th in Abu Dhabi. Um, it's a bigger calendar this year. 12, 12 races for um, GP2 slash Formula 2 this year. Well, yeah, um, tw- 24 races over 12 rounds. Yes, basically. Yeah, basically going with the old Superbike format, basically. To, um, obviously, the uh, feature race taking place the day before the sprint race. Yay! Um... All hail Lando Norris, our new lord and savior. Yeah, there's a tangential story about this calendar that we'll get to later in the news that I have to bring up. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Um, speaking of junior classes, King, um, and, oh god, I'm bracing myself. Cause I, I have a feeling this segment can get out of hand. <laughs> I've written this up, and it's like, oh boy, like this... 
This is like one of those narrative buster sort of segments, isn't it? Um, Benny Monga returned to the world of motorsport this past weekend in the BRDC Formula 3 um, this weekend. And um, he got on the podium in race one. He finished in third after qualifying in fifth. And Twitter was like, it was a full Twitter loving. And I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> um, I'm delighted for the kid, Seriously. obviously. Um, and hey, shout out to uh, one of our other favorite women in motorsport, Jamie Chadwick, who got a podium in race two as well this morning, um, the day we're recording this on uh, April 2nd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have to also give out a third shout out. Oh, okay. We, we all remember that fateful day in 2012. Where Pastor Maldonado won the Spanish Grand Prix, and after yep. the race, his garage caught a flame, and he carried <laughs> one little boy out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> that boy has now become a man, and Manuel Maldonado won race two in British Formula Three. <laughs> Woo! A Maldonado won a race again. A second generation Maldonado has won. This is the greatest day in the history of this podcast. Yeah, Pastor's <laughs> nephew won the won the crazy reverse grid wet race. That is amazing. <laughs> why is why does no one talked about this? <laughs> like, like King on F one Twitter. This is like enormous joke potential here, <laughs> and and no one has talked about this. A second generation Maldonado just won a Grand Prix and no one gives a shit. I'm well, disappointed in you, Motorsport Twitter. Well, Trey, <laughs> as, as we should know, people don't really care about BRDC, British Formula 3. But they do when a guy with no legs is taking parking. It's <laughs> like... But, trouble afoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. Like, hot take. I was like, I got a couple of people asking me in Curious Cat about this one. I said, like, well, Dre, like, are you going to talk about Benny Monga? And I'm like, I probably will a little bit, but I'm not going to suddenly pretend like I give a shit about British Formula 3. <laughs> like, um, like, I don't want to sound like I'm being too cynical here, but that field is nowhere near what it once was. And I'm not even talking about, like, the days of the 80s when it was Senna versus Brundle, like, like they're playing oh, this, that documentary. This is a completely, this is a legally distinct series. British Formula right, 3 ended, right. like, years ago. I know, I know. What I'm saying is, like, cause, you know, that's what people are going to immediately think of, you know? Like, those, especially those old, old heads in motorsport. But, like, are we suddenly pretending like this is a quality field? Because I don't really think it... Is wait, I'm yeah. like King. I'm riding. I'm getting the first plane out of here. Bye. Um, <laughs> like, it's incredible that he's able to drive a single seater in. You know, absolutely at this level with no legs. Like that is incredible. The fact mm -hmm. that he got a podium, that's not that impressive. Like you, because you mentioned you was driving for Carlin here, and yeah, like, which is the team, which is the team. Indeed, and as you mentioned, he was third out of the four Carlins in, who took part in that weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the qualifying session, he qualified fifth, but he was third out of his four teammates. But King, aren't you meant to beat your teammates in motorsport? Isn't that like the greatest metric of success? Actually, his <laughs> Danish teammate like dominated race three. Like he ended yeah. up winning by uh, by a second. 
but like for he led pretty much every lap. Yikes! But you know, like I mean, the other thing we need to remember is what happened to last year's champion of this series. You mean he struggled to get a seat and had to basically almost retire? Oh no, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah sweet Caroline, Jamie he Caroline did retire. And then <laughs> get a, get a <laughs> ride afterwards. Sweet yeah, Caroline. He, he literally tweeted out a retirement like announcement. Yeah, like thanking supporters and all that, but. He couldn't afford to go up, and he couldn't really stay there, so he was retiring. That's then, not the best the advert for your series. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's like, hey, send us, send us your poor, tired, your unsponsored, <laughs> unsponsored masses. Yes, <laughs> it's like it's not a great advert for the series when you're meant to be a feeder league for other junior categories in motorsport and your series champion basically retired after winning the championship. That's not a good look. Um, and King, it's like, you put it in our Discord last Saturday and like, well, this no, is no, about... It wasn't in British Formula 3, uh, Jamie Caroline was. He was in, he was champion in British Formula 4, the series right. where Billy lost his legs. Yeah. Um, it's kind of nuts, but it's like it. This whole thing does reek of like easy publicity of having Billy in this series as a one-off first race weekend of the year. Get Billy in there. It's it's easy headlines to say. Yeah, he was amazing. He did great with no legs. People just didn't want to. Apply. What annoyed me more than it was that people just didn't want to apply any sort of real nuance to this discussion. Like, yeah, I'm I'm delighted for Billy. It is a fucking miracle he's even able to drive a single seater. He is he is is his his dedication is unbelievable. I'm not denying that for a second here. But and like let's just say certain people that have hosted other podcasts that I have been on in the past were already talking about him being F1 ready, and I'm like, pump your fucking brakes, man! Holy shit! This is is British Formula 3, where last year's champion driving for Carlin won over half the races, and I'm pretty sure no one knows who that person is. Yeah. Sigh. Like, we even mentioned this in our own Discord. Like, you know, it's... You talked about, for example, like Dean Stoneman, for example, who couldn't get it, still can't get a drive, and again, he kicked the shit out of cancer. You know, it's like it's it's easy narratives. It's easy to post like blanket statements like, "Oh, he's going to be in F one now because he did he did decently in one form of the free race this weekend." And it's like it's not quite as simple as that. People, like, can we please like apply a little bit of nuance to this discussion? Crazy you know? thing is, Billy doesn't even have a ride for the rest of the year. You say that now, right? You don't think someone's going to think of opening a crowdfunding campaign in the next twenty-four hours or something to get him back in for the rest of the season? Oh, I've seen, I've seen murmurs about it on Twitter. Well, I've- oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so someone is going to just drop that one out there on GoFundMe or something, and ne- next thing you know, you'll be seeing Billy for the rest of the season. Just you wait. I'm calling it now, King. Like this is this will not be the last you'll see of Billy in British Formula Three this season, I reckon. Like. It, it's it's like I don't want to say this against Billy as a driver, but it's like the cash cow potential is too big here for someone to ignore this. I reckon. Oh yeah, like uh, 
for for a person for this to happen to, like all this opportunity, like Billy seems like a really great person. He does. He seems like a, a genuinely lovely guy. I like I I watched his performance on the Autosport stage during um ASI twenty eighteen. He's a remarkable young man. Like make no mistake, he's an incredible kid. Um incredible spirit and mental fortitude and just fighting spirit in general to even consider getting back in a motorsport car after a life-altering accident. He's an incredible kid. Um, unfortunately, this is the world of motorsport where it, it gets a bit murky sometimes. And, you know, I have to call foul on certain elements of it sometimes. But, again, good for Billy. You know, I'm sure he was delighted with the result. And, you know, great for him to be able to get in a single-seater and be semi-competitive is a walking miracle as it is. Um, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! That was an accident. I promise. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Um, <laughs> I, I can almost see like it's like that scene in The Simpsons when they're like you just get like the pitchforks from the from like five hundred yards away from from the house when the entire population of Springfield is coming down with pitchforks. It's not pretty. Um, but like the thing is this a bad time to say I've never actually seen the Simpsons movie. Get out. But the thing is like, yeah, it was a one race deal because normally Carlin only runs three cars in the series. Right. So they they funded a fourth car for him basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Um yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Again, I again I don't think it'll be the last of him. We'll we'll, we'll hear in the series this year if I'm being honest. Um so we'll we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see how that goes out. But uh Whew. Yeah, because. Sh- 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 uh, yeah. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, King, any ever news you wanted to bring up before well, I dig into the mailbag? Um, I've got one thing. Sure. Uh, the the glorious uh, motorsport moment for the month. Flippy Massa and his son are currently up for it. What? What? So what were they getting up to then? Yeah. What is this? It's. Um, a sec, I'll send a link. Easy, easier that way. We we totally planned this bit out, by the way, folks. In case you didn't tell already, <laughs> we're professionals on this show. Here we go. Vote for your favorite. Okay, well, I'm clicking this link now. See what it is. My glorious sporting moment. All that. Father and son. Let's have a look here. Yeah. Oh yeah, so Felipe's final race in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh god, it's his son's media message, isn't it? Yes. Oh no, you're gonna get me emotional live on the podcast. <laughs> his son is adorable. Yes, they're currently second with eight point five percent. Oh. We, we out in front is for is Doddy Weir, former Scotland rugby player. Oh yes. Who last year announced that he had motor neuron disease. Yes, I did see this. Um, that was that was an incredible scene. Um, I I was at the stadium when he walked out. Everyone was up. Everyone applauded. No one sat down until he was off the pitch. Yeah, and that was in front of sixty-seven thousand people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's currently leading by eighty-two point six percent. Yeah, somehow I think that's going to win. Yeah, just just a hunch. If you want to make sure that Felipe and his son get silver, then vote for him. Get silver? 
I'm afraid that unless every single F1 fan vote for it, for him. We might get up to like 9%. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite see how they're going to catch up. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's like, I've not seen such potential silver medal satisfaction since the last time Usain Bolt ran a race. <laughs> it's like, silver? Hell yeah! Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. King! Oh, well, uh, this weekend was also the opening, the opening weekend for Formula 4 in Europe with the first, with the first round of the French Formula 4 championship. And of the three race winners this weekend, there's going to be one name that pops out. Oh? Arthur Leclerc, Charles's younger brother. Hey! <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Great great to see um, Arthur's in there. If anyone hasn't seen the very well-made F1 video they put on their YouTube account, swamped in the mist of top five lists and team radios and every generic form of internet SEO hashtag content that that channel's put out in the last couple of weeks. They did a very touching video about Charles Leclerc and his story of getting into F1. It's a short vid, but it's uh, well worth the watch. And it's just a reminder that uh, he's a, he's, he's a, he, that, that has a very special family. Also, um, other like random tangent. Anyone sure. find it strange that Arthur, I like Charles and and Arthur Leclerc have the you know the same first names as other racing siblings. Charles P. <laughs> oh, how did I not realize this? <laughs> is the talent levels the same though? Uh, probably a bit higher. Uh. Yeah, it's it's definitely higher. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, Charles is carrying like is carrying the stable here for now. Um, but uh, yes, um, but talent level probably a bit higher on the Leclerc end if I if I, if I had to if I had to guess. And um, also, circling back to uh, the Formula Two calendar, Formula Two won't be going to the Hockenheim Ring with Formula One. So to fill the gap in the sport series schedule. Uh, German Formula 4 will be supporting the FIA Formula 1 World Championship at the German Grand Prix. Cool. So, are we going to see Mick Schumacher race at home? Uh, Mick Schumacher is no longer in the series, so... Oh, where's he gone now, then? Is he in Formula 3 now? Yeah, he's in European Formula ah, 3. Ah, yes. With the big yes, boys. quite right. He's, yeah. well, Good for he him. Last year with uh, Prima? Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's moved up already. Yay! That's always good. Um, but, um... Yeah, Zoe, talk to me about Jim Clark while in the sin, okay. while, while, while I carry and put you in the sin bin from now because, you know, you... <laughs> I, I have been waiting since this was announced to talk about this. Of course you have. <laughs> right. Um, this weekend is the 50th anniversary of Jim Clark's death and um, down in Duns in his hometown they are doing a big memorial weekend for him. I will be going on a Saturday, so in the event that anyone who listens is there, hello. Um, so there's going to be, the museum's going to be open all day. They're also doing a special exhibition. There's going to be um, race cars on display, sports cars on display, but they're also going to be breaking the grounds for the new Jim Clark Museum, Ooh. which is going to be, yes, the current, like when they call call it the Jim Clark Museum, it's really the Jim Clark Room. <laughs> and when I say room, sort of your average living room. 
<laughs> so, Zoe, you could have really talked this up. I, 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 I admit your, I, I, I admire your honesty. I went there for my 18th <laughs> because I'm that person. Yes, you are. And it's, and it's maybe a bit bigger than your average living room, and it is just like, co- like glass cabinets of all these trophies of races, of photos, like there's like a samurai helmet of all things in there wow. from when he done testing in Japan. Um, there's his plaque for the Indy 500. Mm. And also there's the, the guest book. And beside the guest book is a photo of Ayrton Senna signing the guest book. Wow. Yes. So the the new museum obviously is going to be bigger, much bigger. It's hopefully going to be hosting cars. I don't know if they're going to be permanent or that's going to be rotating through person uh, owners that own them. Mm-hmm. But they're hoping to get a lot more in because apparently there's a lot more that they've not put in the museum. So it should be quite good. Um, they're also going to be doing a service at Chinside Church. Wow. As well. Neat. So I'm going down on the Saturday and I will be reporting back next week. Yes, we'll have a Keeping It 101. So. Zoe Hamilton dominates the podcast special. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I demand 115 Instagram shots. <laughs> uh, oh, don't worry. I will be fighting against F1 and IndyCar. The F1's not so much the issue, it's the IndyCar. Saturday night race. Yeah, in Phoenix, <laughs> of course. Way to go, IndyCar. Thanks oh. a bunch. <laughs> oh, me and, me and my, my friend, um, Emma, who's going to this with me, are determined to watch the IndyCar race. We're going to be sitting in a hotel room at half two with all the energy drinks as we try and watch this, hoping that, that the hotel Wi-Fi doesn't suddenly cut out on us. Why do you two like pain? <laughs> because... Or race fans. That's a very good point. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a King, I think it's a compelling argument. What do you think? Very, very compelling. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. More on that next week. Um, that, that, that should be fun. Um, so, so, so Zoe's already booked her place for next week's show. Well, well done, Zoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You snuck back <laughs> out again. Well played. <laughs> Only took mention in Jim Clock for the 15th time. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Out of go. Uh, shall we dig into the mailbag quick before we go? I think we should. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of my fault because I should have thrown some of these in during our main segments because we'll be, there's, a, there's a couple of retreads in there, but nothing too crazy. Our man Glennon, yes sir, asks, with the engine regulations changing for 2021, do you believe F1 should also overhaul the aero regulations and do you think they should take a cue from IndyCar's common aero kit and simplify the aero and rely more on ground effects? Short answer... Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, we already <laughs> talked about that earlier. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, just rewind and listen again. Like it'll help. <laughs> um, so listen to it twice. I click SoundCloud twice. We get an extra play. There you go, Glenn. Support the show. Um, Evan asks uh, a button. MK asks. We keep hearing stuff about Ferrari and or Mercs leaving if certain regs go through, but would losing one of them be worth it if it means three or more teams come in? Now that's an interesting viewpoint there. Um, would you sacrifice a Mercs or a Ferrari for three more satellite teams? Yes, 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 yes. I would. Yeah, like, like, like in like Mercs, 
like by Felicia, we survived without you as just being McLaren's engine supply for years. I'm a like I'm I'm okay with the possibility of teams like you know possibly Edams, possibly Andretti. That would be fantastic. That would be really cool to get more satellites in the sport. So I'm I'd I'd be all for that. Yeah, um, like Mercedes, I I don't really care that much. Formula One survive. Liar! Formula <laughs> One survive for forty years without Mercedes. They'll be just fine if they left again. It's a good point. Like King is totally lying for his teeth here. He he, he has a Mercedes shrine in his bedroom. Um. <laughs> Ferrari though, that's probably the big worry. If they were to leave, but form another single seater world championship. The Ferrari World Challenge 2. <laughs> Ferrari World Challenge 2. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, having a split on our hands would not be good for anyone involved. Let's see if Liberty calls their bluff, because Ferrari have a quit for about once a month for the, the, the going rate these days. Um, Noah Richardson asks... McLaren hinted at a possible Indy car slash Indy 500 team in 2019. You think that's possible after McLaren in Australia? Also, what F1 teams or drivers would you like to see attempt the 500? All of them. Yes, all of them. Round of the World <laughs> Championship. Do it, Liberty. Do it. F1 race at Indianapolis. We're racing the Oval, damn it. Yes! No, nah, no, nah, all of them got to buy Dolores. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I want to see Max Verstappen go around the outside of turn one in an Indy car at 230 miles an hour. Who doesn't want to see that? Um, <laughs> Probably yes. Max Verstappen, yeah. Liar! <laughs> I, I, I must say, Max is one of the drivers I wouldn't trust on, on an Indy Oh, snap, Max is calling an me. Oval. <laughs> you, know, you know what happened? He'd bump Ed Carpenter and then there'd be a fight in the pit lane. <laughs> I don't like your fucking driving, man. <laughs> I, I must say, ever since I'm pretty sure Mario Andretti years ago, when he done like an interview, he interviewed Sebastian after he won his fourth championship for NBC years ago. I'm pretty sure he he said to said like he would do, take him round on an oval in a two seater. Yeesh. I'm still waiting for that. I'd, I'd pay good money to see that. Put it on pay per view. It's, 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 it's WrestleMania weekend after all. <laughs> we, we also had Mario saying to James that he would take him round Nuremberg or the original track in the two seater. Um, Mario just wants to go on everything in the two seater. The man's 117 years old and he's still out here doing all the circuit tours. I love that man forever and ever and ever and ever. Like, I want like Mario to be my uncle, for, like forever. Like my like, great uncle Mario, you like take take me for a ride around Indianapolis. <laughs> I want my side picture to be here already. <laughs> like Zoe, this is American shipping. It'll be sometime in April when you get it. Like maybe like when I say April, I mean April twenty nineteen. Um, <laughs> but though, if McLaren were in, in, in <laughs> if McLaren were in IndyCar full time, that'd be the greatest. I don't see it happening soon, but man, a two-car IndyCar team, full-time in IndyCar. That would be pretty great. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. there you go, Fernando, here you go. When you're wanting to try and get that Indy 500, here you go, here's a full-time seat. 
Yeah, he very needed at the end of last season, after all. Just just a force. Um, Vagilis, I'm going to skip your question for next time, because it's, it's a Super GT question, and he chose the one week that RJ wasn't here. Bad luck. Um, I owe you one. Just remind me on that one. Um, <laughs> last one of the day, from our friend and yours, Tom Stanley, our, 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 our old uh, IGP chum. Hi, Tom. Um, hope the marshalling's going well for you, sir. Um, he's he tweets and I put it on our Facebook page actually on Facebook.com forward slash post one one. He puts a link saying, "Do you think this tweet is professional?" And what he's linking to here is a tweet from the British GT Championship. Um, and like they had they had Flick win one of their races on from pole position today. Or yesterday, I should say, because they've been up at six in the morning, this, this, um, this UK time. And the quote was like, Dear Carmen Jordan, today Flick raced against 24 men in one of the world's toughest GT championships. She won after starting on pole. Regards, British GT. Now, of course, this went semi viral. Almost a thousand retweets, over 2,500 likes. And my response to this, Tom, is no. I don't think it's very professional. Like, I don't know why a racing series feels the need to take a pot shot at its driver for comments taken out of context. Um, no, I don't think it's very professional. I think it's low-hanging fruit. And if you really don't like what Carmen Jordas takes are about motorsport, and you're instead using her comments as like a staple to promote one of your own women, I think you can do better than that. Just saying, there was no need to mention Carmen Jordan in that post. And what I don't like about this is that you know, if you don't like Carmen Jordan's takes, talking about her is only going to keep her more relevant. So fucking stop it, alright? Like, stop mentioning her if you don't want her to be mentioned. If you think she's that bad, giving her comments more attention is not going to help your course, okay? Yeah, because somebody like, else is just going to roll up and look at that and be like, oh, who's Carmen Jordan? Why, why was this addressed to Carmen Jordan? Let me look what she said. Like, She is not the yardstick. Like, I mentioned this on Twitter. I said it this afternoon where I said, it's like having a high jump contest and the bar is on the floor. Like, it's it, it's an easy punching bag. And when you combine the fact that, one, she was not very good as a racing driver. Two, journalists, particularly male ones, were going out of their way to trap her in difficult questions to make her comments look worse than they were so they could get front-page news on every journalism site you can think of in, in, in pertaining to motorsport. And three, English isn't even her first language. Like, it... it it's just a circle of bullshit, and I've like I remember mentioning like the second episode of the Dre Brief I ever did in 2015, so 2016 I should say, that was talking about. I remember, King, do you remember when Richie Stanaway was taking pot shots at her? Oh yeah, that that she couldn't develop a role of film. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was like the second episode of the Dre Brief I ever did, and um, yeah, I was just like. Guys, like, you're punching down here, and you probably shouldn't be punching down. Like, that was, like, the, the episode of the video was called Stanaway's Made Carmen Jordan a Scapegoat. And I did that in February 13th, 2016, so just over two years ago now. And I made the point in that that 
she's an easy target, and it doesn't make you look any better by taking the taking the pee out of her. And I will echo that sentiment here. Like, it's not professional. You're not big for doing it. You're not clever for doing it. And if anything, you've actually diluted the message you were trying to send out about how you've had a prominent a prominent female driver kicking ass in your very competitive and you know much beloved series. Like British GT is a series on the rise in the UK, and that's great. But you're going about it the wrong way, in my humble opinion. So yeah, like don't. I I'm wondering if this, like the fact that they've done it, is effect of like because journalists have constantly gone to Carmen that her comments and that are constantly getting used that yeah it's it's it's, it's a positive feedback it's a vicious yeah, cycle. like doing <laughs> this just makes one journalist to do it more mm-hmm. but it's like this is a serious thinking the only way we're going to get people paying attention to the fact that she We've had a female driver win a race as if we bring up this no, person. No, they didn't. They they knew what they were doing, and they didn't have to do it. They they no, are they, they, they are the sports car. Ch- they are the Grand Touring Championship in one of the largest motorsports market markets in the world. Carmen Jordan isn't even British. Yeah, they like like I said, low hanging fruit. They knew exactly what they were doing on this one. They were using her name to promote their, their damn series. And it's like, why would you ever do that? Like, like you've you've taken what's meant to be a landmark moment and used it to take a shot at Carmen Jordan. You, you it's a waste. You could have, you know, tweeted that at Susie Wolf and say, hey, Susie, want to come to a British GT race sometime? Or, like, something in a more positive light. They're, like, tagged there to be different. Talk about women in motorsport. Talk about how you've got, you know, a fast woman in your series who beat some great male competition in there that that it's a wasted opportunity it's a waste like i said you're punching down by targeting carmen jorda and like people in the press need to realize this stop doing it like fans that are pissed off by carmen jorda's comments don't take the bait the journalists are out to get reactions like that in the first place that's the whole idea serious moment yeah but serious moment if they didn't mention carmen jorda would that tweet have gone as far as yes. it did? Yeah, it would. Yeah, absolutely yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. British GT is extremely popular. Yeah. Especially uh, it, especially considering it's also the yeah. Easter meeting, which is also extremely popular as well. And not to mention, if they didn't mention Carmen Jordan, a bunch of male motorsport fans would have. I guarantee you that. Like, Because, like I said, she's the yardstick, even though she probably shouldn't be. So, yeah, I think it would have got more popular. Like I said, British GT knew exactly what they were doing. And I again, like, it may not have got a thousand retweets, but it probably had at least 500. Like, I seriously think it would have gone viral anyway. And people, if people, if they didn't tag Carmen Jordan, somebody else would have. And they're like, yeah, well, look, 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 Carmen, like, she's better. And I'm like, yeah, well, pretty much everyone else was too. So that's not really making, making your driver look any better, but. You know, it is what it is. Should we get out of Dodge? I think it's time we get out of here, folks. Well, right. A- anyone want to make any predictions for the weekends in Bahrain and Phoenix? <sighs> Hamilton to win in Bahrain. Mark Marquez to win in Argentina. Ryan Hunter Ray to win in Phoenix. Ooh, Hunter Ray in Phoenix. You feel that strongly? 
Yeah. I, I, he's excellent around short ovals. He's brilliant on restarts. I think it's a good combination. I think Hunter Ray will be up there this weekend. I'm gonna, he'll probably be on my fantasy team, I reckon. Depending on price. I, I'm stuck in my theme four from the first race. Of course you are. <laughs> because, I'm determined to see how long I can keep them. Yeah. You like pain. <laughs> I, I think... I think Newgarden's going to get his first one of the year. Always a fair shout. Chris, what do you reckon? I'll say uh, Vettel for uh, F1, and I'll say... Don't you do it! <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do it! <laughs> <laughs> and for uh, IndyCar, I'll say uh, Graham Ray Hall. Mmm, Graham. They were quick in testing. Did look quick in testing. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise you if the Kuma Sato was up there as well if he can keep the car in one piece. Like another guy to keep an eye on for me. That that might not be a bad shout. I think Takuma will be on my team at some point in that one as well. Right. Let's get out of Dodge. Quick wrap up before we go. YouTube.com forward slash motorsport one oh one. Facebook.com forward slash motorsport one oh one. Twitter uh, at twitter.com um, at motorsport underscore one oh one at Harrison One on One HD, at Ryan Eric King, at Wee Zoe, at C Dehade as our Twitter handles. And one more time, you can back us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Five bucks gets you early access to both this show and Bike Live, which will be out later again this week. Again, mentioned it, me, Lewis, British Superbike Race 1 review, preview for MotoGP in Argentina as well. Should be a fun time indeed. Um, and that will just about do it. So... From me, Andre Harrison, from Krista Harday, Ramford Ryan King, and Zoe Hamilton. I've been Andre Harrison. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. There y'all. Very good, Zoe. Filling in there. That was a, that was a solid seven out of ten on the RJ O'Connell crazy scale there. Well, well, well played. I, I can't draw it out. I can't draw it out like him. Sadly. Later, y'all. <laughs>